This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining me. It's generally known that New York City has the largest school system within the United States, but very few appreciate the fact that the second largest school system is in Florida. The Miami-Dade County school system is larger than Chicago's or Los Angeles's or any other urban center. And it's not only larger, it's also the highest performing school system in the country. At least that's what the Venerable National Assessment of Educational Progress tells us. And it's not only high performing, it's taking massive strides forward to ensure that equality of educational opportunity is becoming a reality on the ground. To learn more about Miami-Dade County, I'm fortunate to have with me today Alberto Carvalho, superintendent of the Miami-Dade County Schools. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate the invitation. So, uh, Superintendent Carvalho has won many awards. Uh, he, uh, the Broad Foundation honored uh, his leadership by uh, identifying the uh, Miami-Dade County Schools, the best school system in the country, or one of the very best school systems in the country not that long ago. And he has also achieved the status of being the longest serving superintendent in the United States, at least in large systems, having served in Miami-Dade County for close to 10 years. So superintendent, please tell me, what do you take the, you have so many accomplishments, but you must take the greatest pride in something that's happened over the past 10 years in Miami-Dade. I do. Uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to go from probably the top 10 to just one, but I can tell you, uh, taking the helm of the school system uh, at the height of the economic recession that our nation and the world faced, the worst recession in 74 years, and simultaneously navigating very harsh economic conditions, uh, but taking advantage of that crisis and leveraging it as an opportunity to go from one of the most fragile, uh, worst-performing districts into arguably on the basis of NAEP, graduation rates, a college board performance, one of the highest performing, if not the highest performing urban school systems in America. To be able to declare that, considering uh, the difficulties that we face in Florida, the average per pupil funding, uh, the average teacher salary, the demographic profile of our community, 75% of our students living at or below the poverty level, uh, 80,000 of our students our foreign-born 77,000 English language learners, and 11 to 12% um, have one or more disabilities. That seems like mission impossible, but we turned it into mission inevitable. And we did that by taking all the risks, uh, putting it all on the line, forcing the main thing to be the main thing. Well, what was the biggest risk you took at the very beginning? Things usually happen at the very beginning that turn out to be critically important for the long run. You have an opportunity right at the beginning to, uh, to set a tone. Uh, and while that window of opportunity is open, you ought to rush through uh, all uh, of the heaviest lifting you can. Obviously, uh, you, you ought to be able to identify those elements of the work uh, that will provide the biggest uh, and most lasting meaningful outcomes. So for me, it's all about leadership. It's all about teacher quality and effectiveness. And uh, I, I was adamant about appointing uh, the, the most effective instructional leaders, data-driven leaders, uh, who understood instruction, who understood pedagogy, 
uh, who could identify the best teachers at the school site, identify those, incentivize the very best, and take chances in terms of aligning students' needs uh, with teacher qualities that research, uh, quite frankly, informs work best to the benefit of the students. So you think the principal is the key, right? Leadership is the key, and the leader of the school is the principal. Why, why, is, why do you see the principal as, as really the critical lever? In systems where the hiring of teachers is decentralized, where the central office basically screens teachers for the minimum qualifications prescribed by the state, uh, in systems that are highly decentralized, like Miami-Dade, where the principal is the gatekeeper, the principal is the entity who identifies and hires the teacher, then you, you ought to have instructional leaders, principals, uh, the, basically the captains of our industry, who are effective in uh, discerning, understanding, selecting the best-in-class teachers uh, with the best, uh, most effective, proven strategies of teaching kids into your building. Um, if you do not, then you're condemning kids, particularly in the most fragile schools, in the most fragile communities, in the most difficult zip codes across America. You're condemning them uh, to, quite frankly, a sentence which is often life-lasting, a but sentence of underperformance. Didn't have much, in most places, principals complain. They don't have much control over that process. Well, they they're in like the most senior teacher and... That's what it's going to be. Therein lies part of the problem. Uh, I empower I empower leaders uh, in my school system because I know them. I appointed the vast majority of them. Over the past 10 years, I have successfully, along with my team and with the board authorization support, replaced over 85% of all principals in this massive school system of ours. The transformation, we went from managers to leaders who can identify effective teaching, who are dogmatic and persistent about being in a classroom, who provide the appropriate coaching uh, to teachers, new and uh, you know, tenured teachers alike, who understand data, who create and manage dashboards of performance specific to each student, who are able to report to me directly the performance of the school on a quarterly basis, who are connected to the community. And if you have that, then you are empowering the right people closest to where the action actually occurs with the trust but also the skill set and support for them to turn around schools, and that's exactly what they've done in Miami. So you mentioned data. So what is the data that you use to drive the reforms and the leadership that you're seeking? We probably would need, uh, Professor, a two-hour podcast to go through all of the data points available. However, the dashboard that's available to me, available to every one of the principals in my senior team, which we, by the way, review quarterly. I sit quarterly with about 100 of my principals who lead uh, the most difficult schools. And we look, obviously, number one, for high schools, graduation rate for the previous year, uh, baseline data uh, specific to, uh, to uh, the beginning of the year assessments, quarterly data uh, as, as available, learning gains data, growth over time, we look at disciplinary issues, critical incidents inside of school, outside of school, teacher attendance, student attendance, and much, much more. And of course, the academic performance data is specific to uh, the subject areas. There are tested, and even some there are not usually tested by the state. 
uh, in addition to that, rates of inclusion of students with disabilities in specific schools, uh, the diversity of offerings, particularly in advanced academics, so the number of uh, and the types of AP classes, dual enrollment classes, international baccalaureate in Cambridge. Our, that's on the academic side. By the way, there's a dashboard that's equally potent regarding uh, money consumption. So elect electrical use, electricity use in the school, water, the cleanliness reports, uh, poll data from teachers, students, and parents. So how they feel about the school, the cleanliness of the school, the quality of the food, the quality of teachers. We are very data rich. At the elementary level, obviously, uh, we look at attendance, we look at parental engagement, we look at interim assessment, baseline data, previous years, accountability data from the state, also critical uh, incidents uh, for those students. But the data is only useful if you do something with it. And our ability to actually understand the data, analyze the data, and in rapid fire through our data comp process, which is our interaction, to provide rapid strategic responses to emerging problems in the school before they amplify over time is, quite frankly, our superpower. Well, that is uh, amazing, but I also understand that you've changed the compensation system for teachers. The traditional compensation system in so many school districts around the country is you pay them for years of experience. Every year it goes up a little bit, and you pay them a little bump up for the master's degree or the doctoral degree. How many degrees you have is really very important. Uh, how many years of experience you have is very important, and nothing else really counts. So. Well, the I truth of the matter is, change that. Yeah. Truth of the matter is that you know the gravitational pull of the status quo is indeed very strong, and it takes a lot of effort to change something that's been so deeply embedded in the in the uh, in the fabric of American public education. But if you are to look seriously at the research, and you are to look at uh, number one, the factor that most influences student achievement, which is teacher quality. But once you begin to peel the onion layers back of what teacher quality is specific to the effectiveness of that teacher in front of the student. Then, uh, despite what people may think, uh, advanced degrees do not correlate directly to student achievement in a classroom. Uh, beyond the third year of teaching, experience does not necessarily translate into effectiveness in a classroom. Um, even the certification process does not necessarily translate into student achievement in the classroom. I know that these are dogmatic elements uh, that people intuitively uh, will reject, but the research is compelling, and the research has not changed in over 50 years since the Coleman report. It has been redone. It has not changed. So what we did do uh, is look at what the research says and, quite frankly, begin to value more the elements that make sense. So uh, analyze the performance of teachers, incentivize those teachers who have demonstrated uh, excellent performance in front of demographically representative students, incentivize those teachers uh, to teach in, in schools uh, where they may be needed. Secondly, uh, enabled by state legislation, no longer do we follow a step schedule uh, where the longer you are uh, of service to the school system, you automatically get bumped up into higher steps with, uh, with increased pay. Uh, there is a performance uh, pay element now embedded in the salary schedule. 
there is a recognition of demographic profile elements in the school, high poverty, high percentage of English language learners. And there is also a recognition on the back end with performance pay consistent with uh, a respectful and negotiated uh, contract with the teachers union. And of course, this will get even better in November because we do have a significant proposition, uh, you know, before the people's so I want day. you to tell me a little bit more about that, uh, super, Mr. Superintendent. Uh, the uh, you're going to the taxpayer, and, and you know, taxpayers don't like to pay more and more money, especially the property tax. Right. And so, um, h how do you dare go to the taxpayer and ask them for more money? just to pay teachers a larger salary. Mm -hmm. how, what, what is your strategy that's going to get the voters to buy into this? Well, number one, uh, I, I trust the intellect uh, of, of, uh, of the voter. Uh, but I also believe that you don't do this just because you need to do it. You need to hit the sweet spot of timing and opportunity. And the opportunity opens itself up on the basis of excellent performance. So the rate of evolution in terms of graduation rates, for example, from Miami-Dade, from the time I was appointed superintendent, 58% to today, 84%. The fact that in Florida, as you well know, schools are rated with a, a letter grade. When I became superintendent, there were around 27 F-rated schools. The school system was not top-notch. Uh, today, the school system as a whole is rated an A school system this year for the first time. For the that's second a, that's year... Pretty, that's pretty good. How, it's pretty good and how difficult. How many school systems are rated A in Florida? Well, I, I don't have that data, but what I can tell you is that as far as large urban school systems, we are unique. You have much smaller districts, much more homogeneous population, um, but as far as large urban districts with the level of poverty and diversity... Uh, an English language limitation, there's none like Miami. The fact that we eliminated failing schools in Miami, uh, this is the second year in a row with no F schools, a percentage of A-rated schools much higher than the state average. Every single tested grade level in reading from third through 10th grade, Miami-Dade students outperformed the state. And then the NAEP data, number one in the country in fourth grade reading, number two in the country in mathematics. If you do what I do, you take advantage of that opportunity, that set of data, and you bring it to the voters. If you believe in these compelling results, coupled with the other opportunity, which is a tax rate that is the lowest it's been since Jimmy Carter was president, over 40 years, then the question becomes easy. With this level of performance and this opportunity in terms of low taxation, will you authorize me, you the people, the voter? with a small uptick to your property tax to reward, compensate, incentivize these teachers for two reasons. Number one, yes, in Florida, the per-pupil funding is low, but we've done remarkable work uh, with what we get. But as far as teacher salaries, you know, Florida is 45th, 46th in the nation. And in yeah, Miami, I mean, we, we had some strikes in other states uh, recently that shows that uh, the dissatisfaction. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, plenty of unhappiness among right. teachers with their salaries, and I think actually the public responds pretty well to teachers who say our salaries are too. I low. think there's a great deal of sympathy and empathy uh, for for teachers uh, in 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 uh, most communities across America. And in fact, new research uh, 
you know, published by you, uh, proves that. Florida is the right work state, uh, even though uh, unions are absolutely legal, they exist. Uh, teachers do not have the right to strike. Actually, public employees do not have the right to strike. Uh, so, you know, this vote in November represents the coming together of uh, two sets of opportunities, financial opportunity because of very low tax rate and an academic opportunity because of excellent best-in-class uh, results. So is this money going to be used across the board for all teachers, or how are you going to use these new resources to drive even higher performance? By so the, the ballot uh, specifies three critical elements. Uh, number one, the funds can be used uh, for compensation for teachers and instructional personnel. Uh, that means school counselors, school psychologists, anybody who would be in that bargain unit, classroom teachers as well as safety and security enhancements. No doubt this is obviously as a result, the consequence of the terrible tragedy in Parkland in Broward County this past year. Um, the payout uh, will be negotiated and authorized by the board. What I can tell you is I do not favor uh, the same percent across the board for as every single person. Uh, there ought to be differentiating criteria uh, for teachers, recognizing what they do, how they do it, uh, and obviously a, a time period of performance applicable to all of them. And even, in my opinion, uh, the differences that exist in terms of uh, the recruitment for certain areas versus others. Uh, so we're going to take all of that into account, what the research informs us, uh, recognizing the incredible need in our community, and bring a compensation package that continues to augment the strong foundation that we already have in our community. Well, thank you, uh, Superintendent. I have been speaking today uh, with the Superintendent of the Miami-Dade County Schools, Alberto Carvalho. Thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. I really appreciate it, and since this is Harvard, I mean, this is the gold standard of American education, so if they are hungry, ready to transform the universe as teachers, I'm ready to hire you. Well, I think there's a lot of folks out there that are going to be inspired to learn more about what you're doing down and perhaps join you in the many accomplishments that you have realized in these uh, past 10 years. Thank you for joining me Thank today. Uh, I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new Education Exchange podcast released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern time.